Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. John Doonan, President Doonan, as I like to say, give you your due, give you your due, sir. Well, you cannot be disappointed with what you've seen so far today. I, I know it was a bit of an unknown. I know the teams wanted more time and the manufacturers wanted more time. The fans have come out. They know what this is all about. Have we got some great fans or what, John? <laughs> well, this is my 22nd Rolex 24, and I have never, ever seen the crowd that we all saw and experienced during the pre-race grid walk. Uh, I've not seen the infield uh, jam-packed like this, both on the midway and all the camping and literally took one of our guests out to their car earlier on a golf cart and uh, took an hour because of the traffic. Right, you know Shea Adam and Joe Bradley are not backwards in coming forwards, particularly now Michelin Countdown to Green. They were on the top back to me saying, we can't get down to the front of the grid. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. No, it's uh, lovely um, for this to... Uh, to be the case in, in what is an incredibly special debut. And as Jeremy just pointed out, old Jam Jam just went into second. Mathieu Jaminev, so Renga van der Zander, presumably Jeremy on the end of his second stint here on those tyres. We've seen that uh, the tyre performance difference has been quite strong here. Uh, depending on where you are. And he's now being passed by both the Acura of Tom Blomqvist and Mathieu Jaminet uh, with uh, his uh, pace just falling off a little bit. And he's now ahead of Jack Aiken by just a second. And Jack Aiken is moving in quite strongly. Well, lots of new technology here, John, in the, the GTP. And we, we have seen some problems needing to be solved. This is reminiscent. It might be new tech and new GTP. This is reminiscent of a, an old-fashioned endurance race. All the teams in GTP and the, the manufacturers and drivers saying, we're, we're slightly going into the unknown. And there'll be quite a few younger endurance fans here who aren't used to this. This is a real throwback, isn't it? It is to some extent. They all uh, worked extremely hard to get here i think everybody understands in a new uh, technology launch or a new car launch uh, we may experience some learnings uh, but everybody of course wish they had more time uh, they took every uh, advantage or advantage of every moment they had to get ready for this but uh, until you come here and run 24 you, you just don't know if they've been running the cars for another year, they'd still want more yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> racers, uh, racers can't help themselves. Uh, well, you've been but on that side I, of things, but, Mr. I, but, Day. I, yeah, well, yeah, quite. I sure have. But, <laughs> but look, uh, I mean, it is remarkable, really. I mean, they, they know, you know how much there is to learn on these cars and to have them run uh, and have, I mean, what, what are we now? 11 hours into the race. 300 and laps just, about uh, to be turned. 300 laps this time around. It's been a remarkable race. And, yeah, we've had five full course cautions, but we've had three really long periods of all-green rating. So it's not as if, uh, you know, there, there really is nothing to choose between these cars. Yeah, and i got to tell you guys, uh, of course, based on uh, the excellent work you do calling the race, um, 
and also what NBC and, and USA Network and Peacock. Uh, my phone has been blowing up since the green flag, uh, talking about the racing throughout the field, no matter what the class. So I think we're putting on a great show for our audience. And it yeah. uh, looks like the number 10 car has a uh, uh, penalty coming. Yeah, this is the Conington Minolta Acura leaving with equipment attached. That's going to be uh, a drive through. Um, just a, a little clarification, by the way, we've been talking uh, with the BMW and the Porsche of the installation that we've seen being changed over. We've been talking about as a back battery pack. We're using that as kind of technical shorthand because we actually don't know what's in there. Uh, thanks to Doug Campley for explaining to us there are actually three elements of the hybrid kit and uh, quite a lot of electrical looms that make up that single assembly. Now that comes out of the bottom of the GP, GTP cars, wherever it's mounted. It's asymmetrically mounted in the Porsche ahead of the rear wheel to counterbalance the driver on the Multimatic chassis, which is really clever. Uh, it's more accurate, I'm, I'm told, to call it the hybrid kit or the hybrid bundle uh, in that car. It's not just the battery pack. Thank you, Doug Campling at WAE. Nice to see you earlier on the day as well. We'll try and get him up actually into the booth uh, at some point. But this is, again, John Doonan, this is, uh, <laughs> sorry, the speed of that leading <laughs> Tom Blockfist. He's doing exactly what he did at the start of the race when it looked like the police were chasing him round here the way he was cutting through traffic, quite honestly. We're back to what endurance racing always was and in my mind should be. We're proving new technology in a very harsh environment on the high banks the lords here are extraordinary in comes the number seven porsche and the number 10 for its penalty to be served the conning at minolta we're proving it in a harsh environment um seven eight hundred volt systems integrating that into an ice car has all kinds of inter electrical interference that has to be dealt with this is this is literally technology transfer for the the manufacturers they're learning in a 200 mile an hour laboratory we, they sure are and we we sat down with the, the manufacturers and talked about what the next generation of top category car uh, needed to be for them to tell that story but also uh, talk to david salters at hpd or acura and the excitement that david shared um, that's coming from his um engineers oh um, ferrari off at the horseshoe at the western end and that's the 12th position car uh, in class so that uh, is there aren't 12 cars in all the right. pro class actually but all right close enough uh, they've, they've certainly dropped some time lately because they were up so it's a 21 car oh, it is 21 car big pardon yeah, so it so is 12 a, class yeah thank you yeah, yeah. Well done. so that is the now he's dropped down a little bit castellisi so it's Cacciolacci, Frankie Castellacci uh, in, in that car. Sorry, John, go ahead. No, I just uh, talked to David Salters back at the uh, uh, December test, and David shared just the level of enthusiasm and excitement out of his engineering staff when they've had the opportunity now to work on 
this incredible project and uh, the energy that it's given all of them. Uh, the same goes for the designers and the bodywork. Uh, and speaking to so many of them, um, they, they are just so uh, enthused with having a project like this that either, uh, to your point, talks about something that is to come for the automaker or something that uh, they're proving out in, in this in incredibly harsh environment. Pretty much none of these cars. Porsche just rolled out at this time last year, and they were by far the first on the track because they were doing all the initial proving work of things like the battery array, uh, um, the battery bundle, and the hybrid bundle, rather, that we've just been talking about. Um, everybody else has taken a, a much longer time. Nice job, Oops. by the way, for the... Uh, uh, is, that the is that the Acura? Uh, yeah, I think it might have been. It looked like the Iron Dames, was it not? Yeah, oh, not John sure. says. Which one do you reckon, John? Yeah, it's a 93. Yeah, yeah accurate. I thought so, yeah. Thank you. Uh, these cars weren't rolling this time last year. That's not normal in motor racing. You don't get cars on the track in 10, 11 months. Now, you know, that it wasn't planned like that. We had a global pandemic that got in the way. This should have been happening. We announced this three years ago. We were standing downstairs three years ago this weekend announcing it. I watched you sign the piece of paper <laughs> with Pierre Fillon. Uh, magnificent. Yeah. And, you know, it, this is not how this normally works. So this has been a fantastic collaborative collegiate effort just to get to this point. Yeah, that's right. That's the right word. And, and for everyone listening, that collaboration is real. Um, Porsche was the pilot customer, to your point. Mm -hmm. They were the first one to roll out. Um, but uh, the experiences they had, primarily the common part of the car, the hybrid unit, the hybrid powertrain, uh, the bundle as you call it they learned when they went out testing and they shared what they learned so uh, bmw cadillac um, and of course acura were able to learn from what the porsche folks uh, did in their rollout and their testing such that everybody could get up to speed as fast as they possibly could and um, really really excited for our sport uh, to unveil uh, this platform to kick off GTP, uh, to do so with uh, a sustainability message that um, when you couple the hybrid um, and uh, the fuel that we're using, as well as a reduction of tires, it's uh, absolutely uh, a special story for us. Um, and what next, John? Because, you know, these cars are in their infancy. Um, we heard news from the guys at IMSA Technical that they're going to look at the LMP2s to see if they can't actually be speeded back up again, such as the pace of these cars so early in their, uh, in their development. So IMSA not prepared to stand still, always looking forward, always taking all those data sticks and all that, those giggle bites of information back up to the technical center and, and breaking that down yeah we'll continue to evaluate you know fortunately the weather has been a real blessing this weekend such that we can gather data um, throughout this race take it back refine what we need to refine not only in gtp but perhaps other categories and other platforms but uh, the bottom line is we kicked off today what i like to call a platinum era of 
endurance sports car racing. Uh, the mid 80s and early 90s for me as a, a fan of the sport uh, was the golden era. But now we have just taken it to another level and we're really thrilled uh, to be the ones to have the opportunity to launch this. Uh, best of the Cadillacs now the 31 car it was 010231 they're in number order but Jeremy uh, Renger uh, Van der Zander and Richard Westbrook have had to give best to Jack Aiken. Well yeah I mean it was Cadillac 123 at the restart wasn't it and, and now it's uh, Acura first Porsche second and then Cadillac third fourth and fifth uh, and Ricky Taylor with that penalty now he's about half a minute behind Richard Westbrook in the sixth position but look we've seen everything changing on a pretty regular basis the, uh, the, the Acuras are certainly really, really strong, but the Cadillacs are right there, and there's the Porsche in second place. So, and in fact, uh, Jaminy now are right on the tail again of Tom Blomquist, who, even though Blomquist's got a really good car, he's not, not been able to pull it. He's, he's made up the ground. I mean, he, he came from, from uh, sixth at the restart to the lead, but he's not pulling away. Probably doesn't want to pull away, quite frankly, because uh, you, you've got to be mindful of how much energy is being used by the number 60 cars at uh, maximum allowable energy during its stint. And uh, so if he could just maintain his position in the lead, he'd be pretty happy with that. But he's certainly under a lot of pressure at the moment from Matthew Jaminet's Porsche. We've got a, a variety of different listener groups and viewer groups here, John. Um, 107.9 around the circuit on the fabulous PA here. And thanks to Mike and the team and Leah, our tech up earlier on for getting us out there. Sirius XM on a 207 around the world on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV as well, outside of the excellent work that uh, NBC are doing here in the US. What, what message do you have for those different groups? The guys who have come here obviously have voted with their feet and their wallets, and, and that's not the easiest decision to make for a start-off, is it? No, it's not. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're thrilled with the commitments at... The top category uh, to have had at one point early on 16 manufacturers around that table understanding what the vision was for the LMDH technical regulations, which of course for us is GTP. Um, I, I'm thrilled, and to have five manufacturers that one year from today will be here competing that's amazing. To have Alpine in Europe. Uh, commit to the same category of regulations uh, amazing uh, then you roll the clock back to yesterday corvette unveils a gt3 car ford commits to uh, bring the mustang gt3 car here in in a year um, are we going to see that at sebring that's what i'm hearing i i hope so uh, <laughs> ford ford's announcement to make but uh overall um you grew up with the sport jeremy grew up with the sport um this is uh, stuff that uh, dreams are made of for uh, our fans, uh, primarily, but uh, all the all the automakers. Uh, what an awesome playground! I know it's very early in the morning in Europe, four o'clock in the UK, five o'clock uh, in Europe. But what would you say to the the European fans tuned into uh, IMSA TV over there? It's been a a cornerstone of the the growth globally. Uh, we're talking to uh, Sky Sports in. New Zealand as well uh, at the moment and various different TV syndications we've just brought on Viaplay in the UK we're still able to stream that in the UK as well of course at the moment how important is the international fans given the international commitment from 
those manufacturers? Well, first of all, I'd say thanks for tuning in. Um, <laughs> Particularly we, this time in the morning. Exactly. And see you here next year. <laughs> yeah, get, you, exactly. get your tickets booked. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, uh, Orlando airport code is MCO. Um, and, and please come join us. I think that's um, what I've said several times. The ultimate beneficiaries of all of this are those fans, uh, the folks watching, the folks listening, the folks that have filled absolutely to capacity the infield. Uh, we love uh, their passion. Uh, we're all here uh, because we have the same passion. And uh, if you do come, bring somebody that maybe hasn't been to a race That's before. That's a good point. Because we are needing to uh, to educate and, and bring that next generation. You know, last weekend here at the Roar, we had about 5,000 Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts camping. Uh, they were in the Daytona 500 Club doing Pinewood Derby. Oh, that was and, great. And, you know, garage tours. So, can, we, uh, can I come and commentate on that next year? Yeah, I want to put that to air. I want to do that. Let's live. do that. You can commentate, but you can't build a car oh, okay. uh, because uh, you might be in the in the BOP game. There <laughs> is what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, by the way, it's not my job to sell airline tickets, but several airline companies at the moment, until the end of this month, ha- have got. Uh, have got very good fair sales on, and you can book a year ahead. That's all I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out in, in Europe at the moment. John, it's a big year this year. Um, the, the calendar, we, we try to talk about date equity and venue equity, but we have added one new venue, and Indianapolis Motor Speedway, everybody will under, understand why we've gone there. We'll have some darkness racing on the Friday night, or at least into the gloaming, with the Michelin Pilot Challenge there. And is it right what I'm here that somebody has managed to persuade Roger Penske and the organisation to allow camping on the infield at the Brickyard? I don't think that's ever happened before. No, that's correct. And, uh, you know, we're going to first year run the Michelin Pilot Challenge on Saturday night, give it a go with a a four-hour race under the lights to make sure we prepare ourselves for uh, 2024, when we plan to have the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Oh, you're, you're seeing that now. Yeah, you yeah, hinted we've that talked at Le Mans. About it. We've talked about it. Right. Um, and uh, you're right. You know, Doug Bowles, the president of Indianapolis Motor Speedway, was here this weekend. Uh, Mr. Penske, Mark Miles, Doug, they've committed 100% to uh, camping in the infield. So it's my hope that they took a lot of pictures and a lot of notes about what was uh, happening here, and I know that they're committed to absolutely packing that place uh, in September, and I hope that that's uh, the ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, response. Uh, we've got a problem for the Kelly Moss number 92. This is the Laughing Buddha machine, red, white, and black car, and that car is steaming. There's been contact with something there, I think. Has he just pulled off? Not entirely certain there driver is out which is good news looking at the back looks like it's steaming a little bit from that 4.2 litre flat six engine this is the brewler alex Udell, jerome blinkermorland car well the he's pulled the fire extinguisher so he's he's quite worried about that we're still under green is there a lick of flame under the back of them not sure but looks slightly deranged at the back so there might have been a little bit of contact car is off the track and out of Sort of out of turns where drivers left at turn two is where that is. And so we're going to get a raft of a pit stops. Nick Damon has taken over in the pit lane. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, John. Good evening, Mr. Doohan. How are we all doing up there in the uh, 
lofty heights of the uh, speedway um, superstructure, or what we call it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, fifth so floor, love, the fifth floor. Fifth floor, well, I'm sure you should be on the sixth floor, in my mind. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the wheel and car is in first, the 31 um, Cadillac. That's having a, was well, that saying they're complete? So I'm not actually sure they changed tires. They've offered tires. Um, yeah, they've, I think they've done two. They may have done right sides only by the looks of it. Uh, and if I do the others, then we've also got the 01 Cadillac also getting a full service. That's the yellow one. Uh, that goes well. I'm pretty sure that one didn't have tyres. And there are tyres. Oh, blimey. And there are tyres being offered to the number 10 uh, Acura. So that has got tyres. So it's uh, a mixed bag as we seem to have the whole time. As everyone now is predicting a, uh, a yellow because all the teams are on the pit wall waiting to bounce into action. Very long stop for the Conica Minolta car. They must be quite a long way into their run. And off they go. And suddenly, for a few seconds, this end of the pit lane is empty. Thank you, Nick. Uh, John, got to ask you uh, about the relationship with the ACO. Um, great photo opportunity with the centenary trophy out by the Le Mans chicane. Um, we've got to ask you some hard questions sometimes as well. Um, Sebring. WEC, uh, ACO, uh, ACO president uh, Pierre Fillon saying maybe, maybe not, it's not quite working for them. Can you shed any light on that? He says he still wants to be part of a WEC weekend, but two races on the weekend is, is difficult. What's the situation there, John, and, and what can be done? Yeah, first of all, you, at the outset, you indicated uh, the, the ACO relationship and the strength of it. It's a tremendous time. Uh, for us. Uh, Pierre said it yesterday, um, the, the relationship's never been better. And so we're super proud of um, the relationship where it is today, the um, common thinking about what this sport needs now and going forward. Um, you know, Sebring, uh, Super Sebring as it is today, has been a really special opportunity um, to bring our fans uh, the best of the best from all over the world and uh, we're going to continue to do that here uh, in about six weeks for 2023 and we'll continue to talk about what happens after that uh, obviously the FIA World Endurance Championship has a uh, great opportunity to uh, as they announced to go to Qatar to kick off their season which is tremendous for them and uh, we'll continue to look at ways that we can potentially look at others other venues there's a lot of factors as you know there's uh availability there's television there's a lot of factors we need to consider but we'll uh based on the strength of the relationship i'm sure we'll get to the right place uh for all involved let's head down to nick damon while we have a chance to take some driver interviews in this yellow flag period yeah straight out of the Meyer shank car from well from the lead it's uh, tom blomquist and that accurate is lethally quick yeah, yeah, we got a we got a great car. Um, you know, when, when the tires are fresh, it, it really really lights up. So uh, yeah, the guys have done a fantastic job. Um, but you got you got to manage so much. So you know, I knew I wanted to get back to kind of like some clearer air so we could manage the car a bit better. So yeah, I think you know I was able to carve through through the through the pack a little bit there. I think they were on you know much older tires, so obviously it was a lot was made my life a little bit easier. But uh, no, the car's been working really well, and uh, you know, although it hasn't been straightforward, the boys are constantly keeping an eye on things and you know, changing stuff. You know, we've had bodywork, bodywork changes. We've had 
you know, the last stop, the guys were, were under the, you know, took the rear off the car. So it's not very straightforward. It's a, it's a challenging, challenging race uh, for everyone. But yeah, obviously we've got a fantastic car under us and, you know, we just need to try and, you know, manage the, manage the car until, you know, those final hours and hopefully we're still there to, to fight for victory. So are you, how close to flat out are you driving? Are you just literally driving to a time and then suddenly finding yourself quicker than everyone else anyway? No, no, we're, we're pushing, but um, we're just trying not to put so much stress, you know, through the car. Um, and obviously we're, we're trying to save energy, fuel, whatever you want to, you know, and energy now, but uh, we're trying to save energy to, so we can go a bit longer in the stint. Just gives us a bigger, you know, opportunity to work with. Uh, and obviously it also takes care of the brakes, the tires and everything. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a conscious effort to do that. But um, no, the, the car's fantastic. In these cooler conditions, it's really, you know, coming alive. So uh, we're constantly learning and, you know, I'm getting used to the car, you know, using the tools in the cockpit to, you know, try and improve my driving. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a constant learning curve for everyone. You've just had a couple of stints. Are you more physically tired or mentally tired? Uh, probably mentally tired, but... Um, you know, it's it's still okay, right? We're still relatively fresh. It's it's these next ones coming up when you're you're trying to go get some sleep now, and uh, yeah, we're not going to be sleeping a lot. And it's those 3 a.m. stints that that's when it starts to take it out of you. And uh, yeah, there's still how long? There's still 14 hours, 14 and a half hours to go. So it's yeah, we're not even halfway. So I'm thank you very much. I never stand in the way of a man in his bed. So uh, he's got. <laughs> Well, well he, uh, he did look a bit tired, which is quite quite gratifying because he's I, done a lot of work. I, I just said there here in the booth that it's, uh, at least he's got the good grace to sound like he's been working hard, which tells you all you need to know about this. John a couple, John Dunant's with us, president of IMSA. A couple of quick questions for you. Uh, Jerry Z has tweeted in uh, at IMSA Radio. He uh, lives a little bit further south in Florida. Really enjoyed uh, the IMSA and Creventic 24 hours of Sebring wasn't aimed to happen because of the global logistics issues. Any plans to, to bring that back in the future with our friends from, uh, from Holland? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, I think uh, you're right. The shipping issues uh, relative to the uh, pandemic were, were quite difficult. We had all hands on deck on our side on the NASCAR uh, government affairs side to help them out and uh, they're terrific people to do business with I certainly hope we can host them whether it's back at Sebring or a, a circuit like Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta uh, would present a really Ooh. cool so you know again uh, we, we, we have these circuits what an amazing opportunity it would be to bring uh, colleagues and, and those who share the same passion uh, over to, to join us uh, at, at other events but uh, amazing opportunity we have here and uh in addition we had uh, some little garage 56 news today oh yes i saw that <laughs> now you've been very closely uh, you're almost putting your team manager hat back on with our team principal I, hat with i that. am uh, i am back in the race team business obviously hendrick motorsports is the team but uh, i love the opportunity to be part of this project um, we have the absolute biggest and best all-star team uh, that I've ever seen with the well, people. Well, for those that missed it, it was a driver announcement, so you, come on. There sure was. Uh, of course, uh, seven-time himself, uh, we call him, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, two-time winner here at the Daytona 500 in 2006-2013, uh, 83 NASCAR Cup wins, and uh, of course, seven titles. He'll be uh, 
leading the NASCAR way, the NASCAR flag. Of course, it's no secret Mike Rockefeller has been doing a great deal of the development and the testing both on track and on the simulator. Um, and then uh, I think the one that surprised people the most when we came out the side door uh, was 2009 F1 world champion Jensen Button. And we're absolutely thrilled to have Jensen with us. Those three get along like schoolboys. Oh. It's uh, it's really cool already. I, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. I've known Jensen for a very long time and Mike. Uh, first thing, it didn't surprise me with Jensen because if I asked him to race a shopping cart around Publix <laughs> on LPGA Boulevard, uh, he, he'd probably say yes if he had a free weekend. He's done rallycross. His dad was big into rallycross as, as well, of course, John back in the day uh, he will drive anything that's a really interesting driver lineup and it's a it, I, we know it's an invitation of uh, uh, to Le Mans and it's not therefore in competition per se but what do you want to achieve with that John what is what is the point of that hands across the ocean absolutely potentially new technology and a new look uh, stock car for NASCAR, but but where do you want to be in the race? What sort of pace do you think that car can achieve? And where would you like to be, hopefully, at the end of 24 hours? Clearly, you want to get to the end, first of all. Yeah, we're working with Terry Bouvet uh, at the ACO. We're working with uh, all of our FIA uh, partners and friends to get it, uh, to get it right, to not be um, in uh, the middle of those who are actually competing in a class. At the same time, we're not going to go over there and do anything but perform at our very best. And the next NASCAR Next Gen Cup car is a very versatile car. Um, so we've learned a lot about uh, getting uh, Lamar pace out of that car. Um, we're going to go over there and run, and we're going to run hard, uh, especially uh, as it comes to the GT field. We'll be, we'll be in the mix with the GT cars. Um, and I think... Uh, the other thing is that the real foundation of it is to put NASCAR uh, further on a global stage. And Jim France's father, Bill France Sr., did it in 1976. Uh, we're going to do it in 2023 as soon as we get that invitation. And, uh, you know, show the world, show the fans, show the other manufacturers there uh, the opportunities that, that exist in NASCAR. More and more road courses uh, in the NASCAR schedule. Uh, unique street race in Chicago coming oh, yeah. up in July. Your hometown, um, baby. I'm heading to L.A. to the Coliseum next weekend uh, to a short track. And, um, you know, NASCAR, is, as Steve Phelps says, is thinking boldly uh, about new opportunities and uh, both here in the States but also um, Lamar uh, is, is a really special place uh, to go put uh, NASCAR in front of an audience. And I think the fans are going to love that car. Well, if, uh, if you ever need an international broadcast crew for any of the NASCAR events, Johnny Palmer started on short track ovals in the UK with Nick Tandy and commentated <laughs> on him. And I've got a feeling that we could put a decent crew together uh, to do that, if that ever needs to come together. And uh, we can make something happen for you. John, I know you've got a lot to do. Thank you very much indeed to, for, for your continued support of what we do here at IMSA Radio, and particularly of the international feed. So many people have been tweeting through uh, that they love watching what's going on uh, via IMSA.tv and uh, the uninterrupted coverage that IMSA uh, puts out there. The words gold standard have been used a couple of times. You promised us there'd be no changes when we spoke you on Midweek Motorsport uh, back in December. There haven't been. You've added some new uh, TV 
syndications without uh, indeed affecting that streaming service thank you very much indeed to you to david petted and the rest of the team no thank you and appreciate the entire uh, staff and and uh, in the booth and of course uh, down on uh, pit lane we have stories to tell you all are part of that and we want to continue to tell stories grow the audience and uh, hope everybody gets a chance to also watch the new docuseries win the weekend which we launched and uh, before coming upstairs here uh, we are over 1.2 million viewers uh, since we launched it uh, just about 10 days ago. So great for our sport. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of the show. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, can't wait to see how this thing shakes out uh, in the next uh, 14 and a half hours. Well, you know you're welcome back here anytime if you want to slip away and let people not know where you are. We won't put you on the air next time. You can just come and sit and chill out and watch a bit of racing like you did at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for Matilde Petit-Lamont. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. John Turner joining us here in the booth. Let's get down to Nick Damon down in the pits. He's had a slew, a slew uh, of a cars. double slew. We had the slew of the uh, prototypes. Uh, which included a number of the uh, G GTP cars, including the uh, number 60, uh, Meyer Shank coming in for a tiny top-up, the BMW, the one remaining one that's still near the front, the 24, that took on tyres and fuel. Uh, the Porsche Penske number 6, that seemed to me, and I was kind of looking between three people just to take on uh, fuel only, and the number 2, yes, the blue Cadillac also came in for a full service. Then we had all the GTDs, which included the GTD leader, of course, is the 14 Vassar Sullivan car, and that saw Jack Hawksworth get out and Mike Conway get in. And I couldn't see any other. I was looking around, there were too many other things going on. So that's uh, other cars came in and other uh, pit stops have happened. <laughs> uh, who didn't come in, uh, Jeremy, in, in that stop as far as the GTs were concerned? Was it just the number 70, Jeremy, that uh, didn't come in? Yeah, I think so. Of the cars on the lead lap, of which there's uh, well, a bunch. I think there's, uh, what is it now, uh, seven GTD cars and five GTD pros, so 12 in all, uh, I think, um, came in. The one that didn't is the uh, number 70 Inception McLaren. It was running right to, down towards the tail end of those cars, uh, uh, but it did stay out. This, uh, I think, is going to give the opportunity for at least the number 79 car that is coming in now I think that got the wave around was back on the lead lap so the first car yeah I think it's 66 car the gradient racing Acura uh, and a couple of others are also getting wave around so we're gonna have a we're gonna have the usual bun fight in GTD when we go back to green bun fight is definitely a good way to describe it I would say Jeremy uh, in, in GTD it always is brilliant to, to listen to uh, John Doonan there, the president of IMSA. So much going on. There's so much to talk about. We could have had him in for hours. He's obviously a very busy man. Um, uh, but uh, so much going on at, at IMSA and, in, and uh, global uh, global sports car racing as, as well. And uh, IMSA is a huge part of that, of course. So fantastic uh, stuff. And congratulations to John and all his team for what they've pulled together here for this uh, 2023 season that we have ahead. Kicking off with the 61st Rolex 24 at Daytona. It's Peter Mackay here alongside Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the uh, IMSA uh, radio booth under yellow flag here at the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Ready to go back going again. Now, before we did have the Cadillac V-Series 
pace car. There is, of course, a, a pace, different pace car for each GTP manufacturer, which have taken turns. The uh, the Porsche has actually got a matching livery based on the uh, the 963 run by Porsche Penske Motorsport. One of those cars is is right in the, th the thick of the leading battle, car number six, which has got Matteo Giamini on board at the moment. But unfortunately, the, the number seven car uh, had to go behind the wall for uh, for repairs, uh, but is uh, is circulating and uh, again getting hugely valuable uh, mileage uh, in that uh, at, at the moment as, as well. And I think mileage is, is really everything. Everybody wants the big results. Everybody wants the Rolex watch at the end of the race. But uh, uh, mileage is, is as valuable as it will ever be at this stage of the state of the race and of the development cycle of those cars. Car number 20, High Class Racing, completed a pit stop in the WeatherTech Mercedes in at the moment. Are they doing a brake change? Or am, I, or am my eyes deceiving me? Let me it is late. <laughs> well, and they're a fair way away, Peter. Uh, they're, no, they're having a look under the rear wheel arch. They don't seem to have the tray no. of equipment. I out. thought it was a tray. It was a tire. Oh, on no, side. hang on. Oh. Hey, that, that, was, that was something that they were doing there. In comes the number seven. Porsche Penske Motorsport. Nick Durbin uh, is down in the pit lane. Were you anywhere near the... Uh, uh, I was looking at it from a distance, the uh, WeatherTech car, and they appeared to be pulling something out. I don't think it's a situation where they were actually looking at doing a brake change, but Peter's absolutely right. They were fiddling around in that caliper area. Now, the 96 car, which I believe is one of the uh, Turner Motorsport cars, has come to a dead stop in the pit lane uh, about 50 metres prior to their box. And he's got a problem. He's got that, that, that kind of failure notice on the side of his car. Oh, yeah. The CA on the uh, the numerical board. Uh, the number 10, Conica Minotti car, by the way, did have a little splash and dash. It, it just topped itself up again during that most recent one. He's got his control all deleted thing back and rolling again. This is the, uh, the 96 the car, 96, sorry, yes. Yeah. So that's rolling. So that was the uh, the major information from that one. So, yeah, a little bit of extra Driver fuel. Driver change there, Nick, for the yeah. liquid molly Yeah, yeah I'm meandering up there. I'll see if I, see if I can. Who's, who, me, who's got out? Because I look far, far away from this one. Car number 96, the driver that brought that car in... Blue helmet. Uh, blue, uh, Robbie Foley. That's Robbie oh, Foley. Okay. Yeah. Well, Newly minted BMW uh, yes. supported driver <laughs> in the USA. I should try and go work with him then at some point, like quite soon. Also, uh, might want to pop in at uh, WeatherTech to see what was yeah, going on. There. I will do. The, the rest of the stop seems to be going fine, so very strange. That's a weird one. White stopped in the pit lane. I thought at one point I thought he being polite, but that doesn't tend to happen with <laughs> <some> drivers. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. We'll get back to you at the moment. A couple of cars in GTP, Jeremy, that are now back on the lead lap, courtesy of this. Where are we in terms of full course yellows? Is this seven? Uh, six. Six. I'm one ahead all tonight. Yeah, six. Not uh, getting that. Uh, two cars back on the lead lap, as we were saying. Yeah, that's right. The number 10 and number 24. Number 10 car fell off the lead lap, but... Uh, must have mistimed their pit stop when they came in right before the caution period uh, because a couple of cars didn't come in before that caution. It cost them a lap, so they were a lap down joining the number 24 car, which was also a lap down. But when everybody else then came in after that, they got back on the lead lap and now just got the wave around before we go back to green. And they've taken that opportunity to run around 
and make a pit stop of their own. So now back on sequence with everybody else uh, and at the tail of the pack. So we've now got all seven GTP cars that haven't had any major problems all on the lead lap. Really good uh, uh, effort that at this stage in the race. We're not far is. short of halfway, are we? And the, the number seven car, by the way, haven't really talked that for, about that for quite a long time. It's, uh, it's 17 laps behind... Uh, the other contenders in GTP, but it's still running, and it's in 21st position overall right now, in amongst the, the LMP3 cars. So be not that's really relevant, but it, it's you know, it, it's been running strongly. That's the point here. Let's go down to Nick, who's uh, captured Robbie Foley. We'll have a quick chat with him before we go back to green. Nick, Robbie Foley out of the 90s. Robbie, um, I assume it's relatively standard stint until you actually got into the pit lane and you just ground to a halt. What happened there? Yeah, we had some electrical problem. I had to reset the car. Um, it actually worked out because our 95 car was in the box, so I didn't block them, but uh, I had to do a Control-Alt-Delete and, and reset, so a bit strange. But, uh, yeah, we're trying to stay in the game. We're obviously many laps down after uh, an issue earlier and uh, a little bit slow on the straight, as others are. So we're uh, circulating and trying to stay in it. So we, the issue earlier, was, was it a gearbox issue earlier? Um, prop shaft, drive shaft. Uh, so luckily it didn't do too much damage to the car. It did some for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're back out there just trying to circulate um, and uh, yeah, get our main drive times and see what happens. Great, so thank you, Robbie. Thanks. He used our terminology control log delete. <laughs> I thought it was well, one of the If you that. say it enough times on the best PA system I've ever heard in my life, you never know. It's It's quite remarkable, actually, uh, the, the PA system here at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, fa fa fantastic. Now, I do have an update from the number 80 AO Racing Porsche. That's the uh, uh, swap shop uh, throwback livery mm. car. Uh, Gunnar Jeanette, is, he's got a bit damp in the car because the AC unit has started leaking. Oh, and thank it, goodness. And he's I in wondered a, where you were going uh, with that, Mackay. Well, it, 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 I can see why now, now that I replay it to myself. But yes, the <laughs> AC, AC unit uh, was, was leaking, and of course, though, he's, they've all got the, the, the swap shop suits, which are all white, so poor Gunnar's gonna be, <laughs> poor Gunnar's gonna be soaked to his skin by the time he gets out of that car. But uh, endurance so racing at its, at its best. the condenser hasn't been doing its job. Uh, well, or was doing is, its job too well. Something is leaking. Um, not sure from where or why, but uh, thanks to uh, Kelly Brewley from, from AO Racing for letting us know about that one. Uh, and uh, we still love the GTDs, Kebrew. Um, we'll keep talking about them. And uh, apparently about 30% of the PR rep room is cleared out with their gear, not back till the morning. Not Kebrew. So no back chance. to green flag racing. We've now got uh, seven cars that are on the lead lap in GTP. We've got six cars on the lead lap in LMP2. And one, two, three, four, five cars uh, on the lead lap in... Uh, LMP3, two, so three as well, <laughs> two, uh, and uh, and pretty much everybody was on the lead lap in GCD, so uh, yeah, we've got a race on our hands right again now, so green flag, uh, we're, it's what, 11.30, 14 hours and 11 minutes remaining. So Jack Aitken leads the Rolex 24 once again in the car number 31 for Wheel and Engineering, Cadillac from the 01 Cadillac of Renger van der Zande. So those two front-running cars, those are uh, full-season IMSA machines. The third Cadillac is a World Endurance Championship entry that has come over here uh, as a, a one-off, well, we at this stage, a one-off performance, but you never know, we might see it again. We'll see. And then 
Colin Brown uh, back at, back on board the number 60 Marshank Acura and as uh, being with no surprise at all Colin's been superb so far oh. in this race showing like exactly he why he's in that it. seat yeah he was like yeah. he was born for it I, yep. exactly hey look nearly won the championship a few years ago in a P2 car which actually is what started the P2 cars getting slowed down um, to so that they couldn't challenge the, the the factory cars at the front of the field. Let's uh, let's yeah. be absolutely clear about that. Yeah, no, Colin, Colin's been a, a, a real treasure uh, in, uh, for for many uh, years, and he's great. He's getting this big, high-profile opportunity now. A couple of penalties coming through car number uh, car number thirteen, which is one of the LMP3 cars. Uh, is unfortunately well, had a, a penalty. Cars. AW, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, too many crew over the wall considered working on the car. Drive-through penalty. Weather they've had that yeah, WeatherTech Racing, car number 79, one of the front runners in GTD Pro, penalty, ran over a hose, tool, part or person in own or other pit box. Drive-through. Hopefully not a person. Uh, hopefully, let's, yeah, the, pit, the equipment, you could always replace that, but, um, yeah, hopefully not. I, so... It, it's, it's actually quite amazing. We haven't seen more of that with how busy the pit lane has been, equipment, etc. I mean, uh, who could forget Long Beach last year when uh, the wheel nut came loose from the Corvette in the middle of a pit stop, bounced, went over the roof of the uh, Faf Porsche and ended up in, um, puncturing the radiator. From, you you from couldn't the, do it if you tried. From the back. From, from the back. back not from, from the front. It came yes. from behind, uh, over. over the top. <laughs> and there's uh, the radiator in the... Um, in the Porsches is, is mounted at an angle so that the air comes up underneath where the luggage compartment would be on the front of the car and it's mounted about 45 degree angle and then there's the exit of course behind it it came in through the exit punched a huge great I nearly said something else there a huge big <laughs> hole uh, in, in that and the car didn't didn't restart. Took never them out the race. You like couldn't it. write that one. No, you couldn't. No. In fact, you could stand you there all day trying to do it and not do it. Jeremy, yeah, well, you, you couldn't wrote, write the script for that one. If I mean, you wrote that into a race movie script, yeah. all of us race fans would go, yeah, that would be, be ridiculous. Less plausible than a 25-speed gearbox. Well, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Mind, you could say that about a lot of stuff that we've seen in IMSA competition down through the years. That you, that's never going to happen. And every Mazda, uh, EW2 Mazda MX-5 race uh, as well, change, of course. Change for second place. Colin Brown has moved past Renger van der Zander yeah. into second that, place, so the Acura on the move. How quick is that car, particularly after the restarts? It, that's their secret weapon tomorrow. It's It seems, uh, yeah. well, uh, now, yeah. is it going to be that? Well, it was the same today. Yeah. It depends Especially how hard in it is the tomorrow. Heat. Especially yeah. in the heat. Um, I was watching from just down from the, some of the hospitality units uh, the first few hours of the race, and every time we had a restart, Tom Blunkfish was in the car. He just disappeared, and everyone's sort of eyes are widening, going, "Ooh, <laughs> that's uh, ominous." So we, we yeah. saw we saw it in traffic earlier on, gentlemen, didn't we? It's the initial punch of the medium or slow corners. When you look particularly at turn six, that brings the cars back up onto the speedway banking how quickly those cars get up to speed is extraordinary again and i'm talking against the other gtp cars here yeah. not anything else and then the top speed of that car is extraordinary it really is yeah. right up against the wall and side by side this is the battle for first and second 
in... In which the, class? Uh, in LMP3. <laughs> it's the Sean Creech car, and uh, behind it, it's got the Duquesne of, of Nico Varon. That's the, uh, yeah. the number so Corvette driver. Yes. So they, they've changed places then uh, for lead there. Ditto the change, change of lead in LMP2 with uh, Nicolas Lapierre. I've heard his name in the past, haven't I? He's been around for a little uh -huh. while. Just a bit, He's been yeah. massively experienced, joining the PR1 Matheson Motorsports this team this year, and he's just got past one of uh, PR1's last year's drivers, young Josh Pearson, the 16-year-old, who's driving now for TDS Racing okay. in car number 35. It was he who led at the uh, restart, but it's now Lapierre who's out in front in LMP2 for PR1 Matheson Motorsports. I think uh, the, the, the LMP2 teams all put in uh, silent auction sealed bids for who gets Nico Lapierre every year because he's usually at this race in an LMP2 Orica and he really is Mr. Orica. He's had so much success, many wins at Le Mans and uh, just an absolute wizard in, in these types of cars. We almost lost him from the sport. Did we really? Uh, he, he was, okay. I, he, I think he was really downhearted and upset after the Toyota okay. um, yeah. situation. Right. And I had a long chat with him, uh, and he then popped back up again in LMP2, and he, he, I think he did that because he wanted to keep racing, and I'm not sure what he thought he would get out of it, but it entirely reinvigorated him, and he was a different person, and he drove so well and has driven so well since then. He just loves loves driving motor cars again and it's great to see yeah, the smile right. on his face we did not have a happy nico lapierre in his his last few months maybe even the last year with toyota and i was i was on the wec at that time yeah and, and he, he wasn't himself and i've no clue what else was going on behind the scenes but when he came back and i saw him at the prologue um and he was talking about LMP2. He wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I want to be in the sport. I want to keep racing. And after two or three races, it was like somebody had flicked the switch. And he's been like that ever since. And it's great to see because yeah. he is absolutely the sort of person I want to see in motor racing. Yeah. Smash yeah. a block. Yeah, he really is. Absolutely right. Yeah, it, and he's yeah, he's one of those guys that, yeah, we, it's it's hard to see somebody like like that who's who's not as bubbly as they normally are. You know, Correct. he's sort of. And, uh, uh, but it was hard. Yeah, it was hard to now. watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, then but now, poof, great. Good off, for him. Went off and won Le Mans four times since then. I, I would think you only do that if you're happy in your work. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. And, and look and what he's done to the drivers around him as well. Yes. Peter. Oh, that's, that's the a other good point. Thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. He has, you know, he has mentored people. He has passed on the experience. I, I love the idea of this. It, it, it's almost like um, when you're making bread from the, the, the lost dough method, you know, um, the, the, the sourdough method, where you keep a bit and you, you have that, that mother load that you start with and keep going. Well, like brewer's yeast. Yeah, you, yes. keep, you keep it rolling, you keep yeah. it going, you keep it going. Yeah. And, and that is, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose that from the sport. So you don't want to lose that experience, whether it was Mark Raffoff, who we were talking to earlier on in the weekend, who's bringing on the next generation in race control. Well, Doug Feehan, who is still there, passing on his experience of 25 years, and you're right, it was here. 
when Corvette Racing, as an official factory team, first started racing. John Paul Jr. is in their team at that time. And uh, then, of course, the American Le Mans series turned up at the perfect time for them. And, well, and exactly. And actually, you think about Corvette Racing, they, 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 there's very few people that have actually can say only 25 uh, only 25 people can say they've had the honour of driving for Corvette at Le Mans over all that time they're really they're really loyal to their drivers I, I think that's admirable I really it, do at one stage they had a better than 50% strike rate at Le Mans uh, yeah. and you know given that race and the competition they had particularly that competition they had with Aston Martin and the way they used to do before the race, they used to do that sort of ice hockey line where they go down and all the team, all the mechanics would shake hands with each other. Oh, that, that's very cool. That was, that was mega. Well, they lead in GTD Pro at the yeah. moment with one of their one of their superstars, Jordan. Oh, they're all superstars at Corvette, aren't they? But uh, Jordan Jordan Taylor, who was at the team as a, as a, a basically an endurance driver, he went away and then came back again full full time and. Uh, yeah, Jordan's uh, Jordan really. He's him and that Corvette are kind of one and the one and the same, aren't they? And uh, I remember Jordan saying, just as he was rejoining Corvette Racing, when he was, uh, I asked him about, um, he, you know, he, you know, he, he, who he thought was kind of the best driver at Corvette, and uh, he, he said Garcia, and then he ended up getting to drive for them, because he always thought Garcia was the was the guy. And he's uh, the qui- he's the uh, he's the smiling assassin, oh, the quiet yeah. man there. Yeah. He's. Uh, you know, he's he lets his driving do the talking. I've always rated Tony Garcia. Oh, I yeah. really have. Yeah, uh, a bit he's of a, a quiet moment. guy, isn't he? Oh yeah. Tell you who's moved up in contention in GTD. Yeah, that's number forty-four, Magnus Racing, Aston Martin. Nicky Team is at the wheel of that car at the moment. It was a lap down not so long ago. It's got that lap back again, and now he's charging up through the order up into. Well, it, the, the, the GTD category as a whole is led by Frederick Schandorf in that McLaren. He eschewed, did not make a pit stop uh, during that previous caution period. Then it's the pro cars of Jordan Taylor in the Corvette and uh, Alex Ribaras in the number 23 at heart of racing Aston Martin. And then right behind him are the GTD car, regular cars, number 32 car driven by Kenton Cook. Then it's Nicky Tim. And then it's Mike Conway in the number 14, Vassa Sullivan Lexus. And uh, those top four, one, two, three, four, five cars, 73, 23, 32, 44, pretty much nose to tail. Coming up to 14 hours to go. You're listening to IMSA Radio live from trackside, 109, 107.9 here at the track, RS2 around the world. Sirius XM 207 and of course in sound and vision outside the USA via imsaradio.com and IMSA TV. Let's take a look at our VP Racing official coolant of IMSA in-race update as we stay frosty into the evening hours. Cadillac and Jack Aiken leads by 2.2 seconds. The wheel and engineering car is ahead of the number 60 but that car is quick and as uh, Colin Brown at the wheel trying to close down the leader. Matthew Jaminet makes it three manufacturers in the top three as Porsche number six from Porsche Penske Motorsport is just another second and a half further back. From there, it's the two Cadillac racing cars, 0-1 and 0-2. They're about uh, two and a half seconds further back and one and a half seconds between them for Renga van der Zander and Richard Westbrook. Ricky Taylor is driving the sixth place, number 10, Conic Menolga Acura. Uh, he's just another two tenths behind Westy 
and Augusto Farfus now back on the lead lap, as is that number 10, Conington Minolta Acura. He's another four seconds further back. So all seven cars that remain in contention in GTP, i.e. that have not had problems, uh, they are on the lead lap. The two cars that have had problems, the uh, number seven Porsche and the 25 BMW, both have had to change their hybrid kit, their hybrid bundle. But since that has been done, they have been running relatively untroubled. In LMP2, it's the pool sitter that leads Nico Lapierre. Smiling Nico Lapierre. Happy Nico Lapierre. Tremendously talented Nico Lapierre. And at the moment, very fast Nico Lapierre holds a six and a half second lead back to Josh Pearson in second place and Ben Hanley in third. Certain Jimmy Bruni is in fourth position. Uh, for the number 55 Orica team in LMP3. It is the Sean Creech motorsport car that leads at the moment. Nino Peño ahead of Nico Varon in the number 17 Duquesne. Ligier from Duquesne from two more Ligiers. Sebastian Alvarez uh, in the MRS 43 and Jarrett Andretti in the Andretti number 36. A bit of movement out in the banking, and that's a oh, well, that was a change for the lead in uh, LMP3 as Nico Varon went through into the lead, but shortcut the chicane and had to give best, and uh, uh, that means that uh, Nico Peño is back in the lead there in GTD. It's back to a GTD car that's leading. It's the McLaren of Frederick Schandorf uh, that is the best of the GT cars by about two tenths of a second for the first of the GTD Pro cars. That's the Chevy Corvette, Jordan Taylor now driving that machine with Alex Riberas for Heart of Racing, who at one stage led both classes in GTD. Second in GTD and fourth of the GT cars, Kenton Cook is back behind the wheel of the Kortov number 32 Mercedes, the dark grey machine. Then it's the dark blue Aston, number 44, Nicky Team. It's the Magnus car. Third in GTD Pro is the Lexus RCF GT3, Mike Conway. Still sort of, well, no, still in the Toyota family uh, in that car. Sort of sharpening himself up for his day job with Toyota and the TSO 50. He'll be racing at Sebring in March. That's how it stands with 325 laps completed. The gap between first and second is just over a second uh, and we've got 13 hours and 56 minutes still to go here at the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. <laughs> 